Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys and America listeners, welcome to my 403rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And with A.P., we will be discussing college football, which at this moment seems to be teetering on the edge of calling off the season. So, seismic news at the highest level. Uh, on a daily, if not hourly basis. Uh, so AP is our college football expert, and we will get into that uh, in about 10, 15 minutes. But apart from that, my highlight of the week is a new face of golf may be emerging with Colin Morikawa, age 23, winning his first major and third overall tournament in the past year or so since he joined the tour. Uh, Since the restart, I watch a lot of golf, and uh, he has certainly gotten my attention. He has seemingly uh, been in and around the leaderboard just about every week. And yesterday, he hit one of the all-time great golf shots by driving the par four 16th at Harding Park in San Francisco, uh, about a 294-foot yard par four. And then he calmly stepped up, hit an eight-foot putt for eagle. And basically that was that for the tournament. At the time, he was tied with, I believe, Paul Casey. Just a hole or two before that, there were seven repeat seven players tied for the lead at uh, like 10 under. And uh, so there was just spectacular theater to put it mildly. Uh, It was great to just watch golf for the past four days here on the East coast. I can't decide what I like better now. If I prefer uh, the British open where you, uh, or the open, as it's called, when you wake up first thing in the morning and you have live major golf on, or like this past weekend, if you can here on the East Coast, if you can watch uh, live major golf until basically 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, there's a lot to be said for both of them, but I certainly was doing a lot of primetime golf viewing the past four nights. Uh, and again, Yesterday was just fantastic. The whole weekend was fantastic. Great course, great shots of San Francisco, fascinating weather with the fog rolling in and out, a little chilly, um, some sunny days in there. So uh, welcome to San Francisco weather. Uh, I was certainly, they said yesterday it felt like 50, even though it was showing at about 61 degrees. And I'm always reminded of the Famous, uh, I believe, Jack London line, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, and I think we saw that uh, yesterday or over the week, past four days, with uh, with golf in August and uh, what the weather can be like out there at this time of year in San Francisco. Fabulous city, by the way. So, again, it was... Uh, a perfect blend when you had the seven players at the top and really 
what felt like a couple dozen players heading into Sunday, all within three, four shots of the lead. Um, big names, no names. Uh, it ran the gamut. So it just felt like, you know, you know, anything could happen. Jim Nance, the other announcers, Nick Faldo were saying, you know, one shot, you know, at any moment, someone could step up and basically steal the tournament. And that's exactly what Colin Morikawa did. So he looks like he is, uh, has some serious star power, quite the pedigree, played for Cal Berkeley. Uh, right down the road from where he won yesterday, and uh, calling him the California kid. I guess he's a California native, and uh, so again has the potential to become one of the new faces of golf. And what he did yesterday, the way he stepped up, and oh, prior to the amazing shot on 16, he had also chipped in from the fringe in an equally amazing shot. So it was uh, really terrific stuff. Um, and hats off to Colin Morikawa. My low light of the week is the Boston Bruins. Uh, they were the number one seed before the restart, and they went winless in the round robin, which means that the number four seed, a uh, pretty big disappointment up here in Boston, given the year they were having until the season was uh, stopped. In March, uh, the only the silver lining here is that as a result of being the number four seed, they won't have to play the Montreal Canadiens, who were the worst seed going in, number 12. And lo and behold, they took out the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-1 to one in their series at best of five and looked awfully good doing that. And given the history between the Bruins and the Canadians, where the Canadians have, uh, think Yankees, Red Sox pre-2004, and you've kind of got the Bruins, Canadians, where the Canadians just beat them year in and year out until the Bruins broke through in the past couple decades. So, uh, so I don't think anybody wants to face the Canadians, and I guess they'll be the number one seed uh, from the round robin. I guess they'll be facing the Flyers. Lastly, my bizarre story of the week was the social media war between Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers and L.A. Clippers, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly after Dame missed two foul shots, and they jeered him. Um, and Dame quickly reminded everyone uh, post-game that uh, uh, the reason they might have felt that way is they, they've witnessed his buzzer beaters in the playoffs to end playoff series. And uh, and then to top it off yesterday, he went for 51 points. So he's an amazing player. So that uh, helped spice up the bubble. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. We will be discussing the potential seismic news of college football the season seemingly teetering uh, as we speak so don't go anywhere become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america want to play the ponies and win at Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? 
Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in, as always, and uh, uh, perhaps especially today, more than any of the other hundreds of times you've called in, uh, <laughs> AP, it feels like the day that we've dreaded may finally be upon us, if not the day, certainly the week, where I don't know how we got here in the past 48 hours, AP, but it appears that the college football season is at best teetering at this moment, and the season may be called off slash postponed till the spring, called off, who knows? It's just incredible, AP, uh, as recently as Friday. Yeah, there was right. optimism. So, I mean, and, the SEC, right. Here we are. Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, on Friday at 5 p.m. Central, the SEC announced the two additional games per team that would be added so they can have a 10-game season. Uh, most people thought, well, some people thought initially they were gonna, just going to roll over the schedule in 21 and 22 that Alabama, for instance, would play Florida and Vanderbilt, but they ended up adding at Missouri and Kentucky to Tuscaloosa. So that really given the nation uh, how they came up with the two additional teams to have the ten game season, but they announced it on Friday. So you're thinking you're thinking that the season will proceed, and um, you know, and uh, all thing you know everything's a go. And then the Big Ten they made some announcements last week, and then 72 hours later they were kind of backpedaling and say just. Hold on for a minute. I'm not sure. And uh, of course, the Pac-12. They were, you know, getting the demands from their players about 50 percent of the revenue and some other uh, requests that were made by the players. And and they wanted the athletic director, uh, the um, the head of the conference, Larry Scott, to take a pay cut and some other people. Right. And so there was all kind of uh, variables and. Uh, dynamics going from coast to coast, di- different different sorts, though. And uh, so, you know, the two conferences at the moment who look to be maybe bowing out would be the Big Ten, maybe by tomorrow, and then the Pac-12, uh, I, I think, would be not far behind. But the ACC, I believe, the SEC, and I think the Big 12, the SEC, maybe they'll be able to convince them to forge ahead 
and there's still some time because the SEC doesn't start till the 26th. I know the Big 12, they had some early games. It was a special uh, consideration. The NCAA gave them to play early games when Oklahoma was playing a non-conference game. I think it was the last Saturday in August, which is even earlier in the season. It was supposed to start, you know, September 5th, that weekend, Labor Day weekend. Right. And the ACC, I think because they're in the footprint of the South, Southeast, that they wanted to just uh, follow suit with the SEC. But, John, we're going to find out something this week. Like you said, I believe, uh, you know, I would say by the end of the week, at the latest, maybe in the next 48 hours. Correct. Correct. It's just, uh, again, unbelievable. There's so much to digest here. Um, But I'm going to start with just my personal experience of how I heard Saturday morning. You know, tuned in to ESPN and saw Sports Center, and they first mentioned it. And what was mentioned was interestingly, what seemed to turn the tide potentially, or as an example, was a Indiana football player's mother posted on Facebook what was happening with her son, who had tested positive at IU, and how he was having tremendous terrible problems, including, you know, uncertain diagnosis as to the future effects potentially on the heart. And that seemed to change everything. And of course, I think it, you know, the Big Ten, of which Indiana is a member, uh, you know, had, I believe, an emergency meeting yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, although it's tough to keep keep it all straight, because I think the Power Five also had some type of emergency meeting. But yeah, it put the Big Ten out in the forefront of all this. I read the post immediately after hearing this news, and it was genuine. She in no way, shape, or form blamed IU and, in fact, said they were going over and above in their testing and their support, all of it. But it was a really – it's just an example of what I'm hearing today. Again, I'm getting all this really through ESPN, Heather Dinich, what have you, Paul Feinbaum. Um where, you know, there's tremendous concern about the future effects on the heart. Uh, and nobody knows. That, that's what we're already talking about. Nobody knows the future effects, period, on any no. on the heart or no. just about anything else. So, AP, it's, uh, it, it kind of just, that's just the example of, you know, what they're concerned about. But there's so many other things, AP. There's, you know... The players, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields are coming out saying basically there's more risk not to play than to play. Talking about, you know, football players, you know, having, you know, not putting their talents to use, everything going back home, all the risks not not going to college, so to speak, uh, potentially, or not, you know, just their football players or scholarship college football players their lives are upended it's what they've known and worked for and then a lot of people are saying the biggest fear of all this what the powers that be are most worried about is that the the college football players themselves are like this could be the beginning stages of quote a union for lack of a better word or an organized effort to have a seat at the table in making decisions which is always you know They've been under the thumb of the adults, period, <laughs> as we know since day one. Right. 150 right. years. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, and again, um, that's just a couple AP. There's a whole lot of other things going on here as well. But it's just unbelievable. It's a sad day because it feels at this point near inevitable. Yes, John. You know, I think as some of the players believe they're in a, probably the safest envir- environment. Well, that's, that's what Trevor be, Lawrence needed. Because you have all the doctors, the trainers, everyone is trying very, very hard to practice the, um, you know, social distancing, wear the mask, you know, in football, there's right. no social distancing when you're playing, you know, practicing, for instance, but um, the time off the field, everybody is, is following that protocol and I think if they went back to their uh, past environment, you know, being around their grandparents and family members, 
and some of them may not adhere to the, this protocol. Uh, so I think that puts them in jeopardy. But uh, you do have these other issues like the player from Indiana with the heart. But, the, but to me, I think, John, that could happen if he's back home as well. Could it not? Absolutely, and I think he is back home. I think he left campus and is at a facility at his hometown, wherever, Missouri, I believe it is, in fact. He's from Missouri. Yeah. Um, right. So, which is having its own issues, by the uh, way, with being a hotspot. I think the mother may have addressed that in her post, but whatever. Um, yeah, so... So, so that that could have happened if, he, if he's back home, or I mean, I don't know if he got it when he was in Indiana. I guess he did. So, but, but I, I don't think yes. that's a reason not to play. Uh, you know, because everybody gets a different strain of the virus. I mean, it's not the same for for every person. Well, that's it. And you know, so as you as you know, some people are on ventilators, some are not. Uh, but uh, it, it could happen at home. So. Um, I don't know what to tell you, John. I mean, if a player uh, contracts it when he's at the university, uh, did they, and they end up suing the university, I mean, the university is going to argue you could have gotten it back home. I mean, there's there's less examples of people uh, contracting the virus when they're on the campus as a, as a football team, I believe, probably if they look at the numbers, I would think it's less than the general population. Correct. I would agree, AP, and you make just great points, which are the, which are simply reiterating many of the points made by some of the stars, like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Last night, apparently, there was a conference call with some of the star players uh, participating, like their their own call, so to speak. The players organized a conference right. call. Many of them star players and. Uh, so, yeah, so they want to play. I mean, I, I think they, they actually have a hashtag going. We want to play or whatever. And uh, yeah. so, and you know, all, all the points are, are really uh, true in every way. But I think at the end of the day, AP, yeah, it just comes down to really, you know, the liability issue. Um, you yeah. know, and just the potential. And by the way, back to this Indiana football player. Apparently, he had no pre-existing conditions whatsoever known at least so that's just another example of how it can take someone who apparently was 100 percent healthy and potentially wreak havoc um in a young healthy person uh, approximately whatever 18 19 20 years old so ap yeah it's just uh you know the liability the optics are just overwhelming overwhelming um to deal with for you know i guess paul feinbaum said that like two of the college presidents perhaps from the big 10 are like epidemiologists so as he's so as he so eloquently put it yeah they they don't need a doctor's opinion they they know themselves um Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day what we're really talking about here ap is the college administrator, the, i.e. the college chancellor's presidents, the top guy, top person, guy or gal, is going to make this call for their university, which will all feed into a conference vote. Yes, I mean, as you said, um, I, I think that the, the presidents and the chancellors, they're, they're, they're leaning towards not playing. Correct. Uh, and it's interesting, John, that it took a pandemic with all this fabulous communication we have now for the players to get together. Correct. On an, on an issue of just the, the pure fact of we want to play football. I mean, they didn't get together for the, any uh, discussions about revenue and chances to make money. It was about just playing the, the game of football. And that, that's what forced them to uh, reach out to each other and come up with a plan. And they had the, the, the whatever those, uh, all those, those uh, things that are going around on, on Twitter that we want to play that, that poster that you, you probably can look up at any time you check that out. We want to play. And, 
it didn't it didn't take place because they were seeking any money. It's just we want to play the game of football, and that's all nice, nice. But they don't make the decision. And right. uh, but I think the majority of players want to compete this fall. I, if I had to make a guess, I haven't seen any numbers, but it seems like it because there's not that many who have opted out. Right. Well, one who did uh, was Micah Parsons from Penn State. Uh, surefire first-round pick, if not overall number one pick, but he opted right. out. Uh, I, of course, grew up in central Pennsylvania, so I'm a close Penn State watcher. And, uh, you know, if anything, I'm really sad. I'm, number one, glad I went to my first-ever whiteout game last October against Michigan on a Saturday night, October 19th. Won't soon, soon forget it. And... Uh, doesn't look like there's going to be one this year, AP. But, you know, I had I, before we go to break here, let's not forget we want to play college football stars saying they want to play. It was only a week ago, AP, when the Pac-10 letter, we discussed it on our show, from players to administrators, yeah. basically saying we, we're not going to play because we don't feel safe. So right. this is like the all-time classic example of how quickly things can change, like – Again, a week ago, we were discussing that players were concerned, and that's would be nice to say we're concerned about playing because they didn't feel safe. Now, a week later, when this, you know, when we go to the other side of the spectrum, and administrators are on the verge of pulling the plug on the season, it's the players who are saying we want to play. So, I mean, that's how crazy this story is. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, like I say, this week, I think, is the default line of they're going to play and who's going to play and who's not going to play, and they're going to give their reasons. Oh, yeah, this is it. No, this, this is uh, decision week, and still have a lot more to get to. There's so many aspects to this. We've touched on a few, but there's seemingly an endless amount, uh, which we will get to on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And as our college football expert, A.P. and I, of course, are discussing the uh, potentially seismic news that college football season may be teetering, uh, could be called off, postponed, who knows, Dramatic changes over the weekend, uh, and AP, you know, apparently there's one of the calls, uh, there was a call with the Power Five commissioners, powers that be, discussing having a unified approach in whatever the announcement's going to be, which could come anytime, literally anytime, but likely, for sure, by the end of the week, likely within the next day or two. Um... But AP, I think you have to, given that on Friday, even the SEC and others were making announcements and talking about of things to do with this coming season and it changed over the weekend. But AP, you have to look at the possibility that uh, one or more conferences may want to play and one or more may not out of the Power Five. But apparently there was a call to discuss a unified announcement, so... What are your thoughts regarding that situation? Yeah, John, I I know the appetite is uh, to play with the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC. Now, if the Big 10 and the Pac-12 bow out, and I know the American Athletic Conference, they would like to have a voice in this discussion as well. I think if those uh, couple of conferences in the, Pac- in the um, Power 5, the Pac-12, 12 and the Big Ten, I don't, I don't believe the SEC and the other two will play. I think, like you said, maybe all or nothing. And because I just can't see the SEC agreeing to have a 10-game schedule, and then you have the SEC championship game, and then usually the, the Big, Big 12 and the SEC, they have a contract to play in the Sugar Bowl. Would they play that game? I mean, Normally, you have uh, seven, eight, nine teams in the SEC competing in the bowl, but you don't have enough teams. It'd be against uh, trying to come up with something to play against the ACC, American Athletic Conference, if they agree to stay in it, uh, the Big 12. I I don't see how there's a good ending. That's a great point, AP. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. What would it mean if some but not all play? to the college bowl season. Would that, as we know, and I've always known, disappear or be severely altered? Uh, again, so many things to think about. Uh, AP, I mean, I couldn't imagine only one conference playing. For example, the SEC saying we're playing and you, you know the other conferences not. I could only see either one or more playing at least two if not three and then uh, you know just imagine that scenario i mean no no scenarios too fun to imagine ap i mean but could you imagine like two or three conferences let's say the sec acc perhaps big 12 play and big 10 and pac 12 don't i mean <laughs> and then you that would take us right to your very valid point what does it mean for bowl games it seems to me off the top of my head without analyzing it ap bowl games would simply be an afterthought it would just be you know who knows i mean that's a huge reward for these kids at the end of the season um but in the same light you know for simplicity's sake it seems like you know just go for you know who makes the final four for the college football playoff but because of, yeah, you said it perfectly, like ACC and Big Ten play each other in certain bowls, contractual. Now we're into that that word, 
contracts. <laughs> right. We know where that could lead, right. don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and John, what, what if the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, say, with authority at this point, I mean, everything is, is fluid, but we have strong intentions of playing in the spring. Yes. Yes. Well, one of the things that was interesting through Heather Dinich was like, this is all happening so fast and it feels like they'd have their plate full with just deciding what to do with this fall. But yet, a couple guys, including, according to Heather Dinich on ESPN, said that Jack Swarbrick and I believe uh, one of the, like, maybe the AD from West Virginia, who's a a heavy hitter and holds a, a even bigger position within college football basically said they can't call off the fall season without having a plan, i.e. they're going to play in the spring. They're not like they can't just and just say they're not going to play and leave it at that. So not only are they looking at not playing in the fall, they need to come up with a plan of what they're going to do instead of that. If anything, but you're right. Spring football, right. yeah. Yeah. So, if, so if your plan is, all right, we're going to compete in the spring, and then they're going to, we'll probably announce, for instance, we'll play just within the conference, and then somebody has to address the bowls, and then you have to also uh, voice their their intentions of. All right, and then we're going to start up in 2021, uh, about three months or so later. And what's that effect on our players? And then you have the scholarship situation. You know, are we just going to honor the people who want to play in the spring? Or if you opt out and don't want to play now or in the spring, you continue that scholarship? I mean, so there's a few other sideline issues that they'll have to uh, contend with you know when they're formulating this grand plan and not to mention AP uh, NFL draft <laughs> you know uh, I mean Micah Parsons the spectacular linebacker at Penn State uh, when he opted out for the season basically said as I read it to prepare for the NFL he is going to be a high draft pick for sure game-changing defensive player and uh, so, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's, the Justin Fields of the world. I mean, where does that leave? Where does the spring season leave them in relation to the NFL draft? When does the spring season start? Is it March 21st, like first day of spring, so yeah. to speak? I'm just kidding there. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, when is it? Is, is it the week after the Super Bowl? Sort of like the XFL and all these new leagues that start up every seemingly every year. Start the week after the Super Bowl. I mean, that would seem to be a likely time. So yeah, uh, but the NFL draft. I mean, these are these kids' dreams, and I know we're talking about whatever ten to twenty percent. I'm guessing of all the college football players might get drafted or become undrafted free agents. But what about them? I mean, their their dream was to play college football, then the NFL, but. The big dream is to play in the NFL, obviously. <laughs> but, again, it's maybe 20% of them, if that. Yeah, yeah. and how does that affect the decision? Are, are more players going to opt out saying, look, um, I would like to play football this fall. Next spring, no, because I'm going to be working out. I'm going to have my agents. They're going to be in my ear telling me I can't play. I might Correct. get injured. I need I need to be in the best condition. And, uh so, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's not an easy decision. It's not something, and, and it has to be comprehensive. Yes, it has uh, it, to be. It involves more, more than just playing the game of football this fall or next spring. There's a, other, other factors um, that affect the game, affect each program. So these athletic directors and these presidents and chancellors, uh, they have a lot of homework let me just give an example, AP. You know, it's just as simple. You know, a lot of people thought Trevor Lawrence, probably the number one overall pick. Uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, after that he should just sit out this season. 
And basically, you know, like Nick Bosa practically after he got injured at Ohio State just ended his career. Uh, and it turned out pretty well for him. But, you know, if you're advising Trevor Lawrence, might you not say to him, you know, the best thing that could happen to you is, you know, there is no season. You train, start training for the NFL like Micah Parsons, and you're going to get drafted probably number one, and life is good. There's no chance of you getting injured in your final season, which is he's only a junior coming in now. So you have to look at it that way too, but yet Trevor Lawrence is sending out the tweet saying we want to play. So pretty tricky stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, and uh, so many people are making their decisions that affect them personally, and that I would I would tend to say that college players, their advice, they're going to get heavy pressure from their family and the agents, saying you have to do what's in your best interest, and in your Correct. best interest is not to play college football in the spring, in the fall, probably yes, in the spring, no. Correct. Correct. It's tough, AP. Uh, on that note, we'll. Uh you know, have our final break here. And after the break, uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, what would life be like without college football and how, how might this affect the NFL? And Adam Schefter had some really interesting thoughts this morning. And we'll get to that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. But before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the actual NHL playoffs, National Hockey League playoffs, beginning tomorrow night. Hard to believe with a great matchup. I believe it's Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets. 
to kick off the playoffs, you'll remember last year that the Blue Jackets swept the Lightning uh, after the Lightning had had the greatest uh, record-setting season. So, uh, real actual playoffs, NBA will follow, I believe, sometime next week, but starting tomorrow night. Blue Jackets at Lightning, 3 p- not tomorrow night, 3 p.m. Crazy. Um, so, uh, it'll be good to have actual playoff games. With AP, we're talking about college football and the gigantic news, of course. And, uh, you know, if there were no college football season, AP, well, number one, it would be horribly sad. Uh, I don't know that you and yeah. I would really know what to do with ourselves uh, <laughs> and certainly we talk about it it's the dominant topic on our show week in and week out but Adam Schefter today on ESPN had some great points which was simply that you know the NFL could be in a position to basically own the sports calendar as soon as the playoffs are over in the NBA the NHL and Major League Baseball all in and around November 1st uh, he even threw in the election on November 3rd, I believe. And But starting in November, they would literally own the sports calendar. Uh, and we could be, and there, and there would be no reason that the NFL couldn't have games on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday all day, Sunday all day, Monday night, period. Uh, and wouldn't that be something? Um and even better yet, the way they've the timing of all this has allowed the NFL to watch and observe all the other sports uh, working well in the bubble uh, in football. Or excuse me, in NHL and NBA, and WNBA for that matter, and soccer to a degree. Once they all had sort of rough starts, but except for hockey. But AP, uh, you know, baseball outside certainly having its issues. No bubble and. To punctuate the point, the NFL would even have the potential luxury of seeing how they themselves do, as Schefter said, in you know September and October, and then kick in this like football five day NFL football five days a week. It makes all the sense in the world, AP. Right. Yeah, they would have the Thursday night, the Friday night. They'd have a triple header on Saturday, and you'd have a triple header on Sunday, and then you have the Monday night. So, John, there's 32 teams, right? And so well, how were many games that constitutes, you'd be able to see a Thursday, Friday, a triple header, that's five on Saturday, triple header, that's eight on Sunday, and then nine. So you'd see um, 18 teams, everybody would see those 18 teams, right? Yeah, and rather than, you know, six or seven games at one o'clock on Sunday and uh, three or four at four o'clock on Sunday, these are all Eastern times, you'd have, you know, maybe three one o'clock games on Sunday and two, you know, four o'clock games and then all the rest would be spread out. I'm, you know, not doing all the math, but generally speaking, uh, boy, that just sounds great, (laughs) quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I take back the Sunday. The Sunday would be, as usual, you'd see the teams in your region and that type of thing. But it would be a triple header. Um, but you definitely see probably the one game at nighttime. I guess it would be. But the yeah. two games during the daytime would be different for everybody. But um, but I think on Saturday those would all probably be national. That that would be a, a th- three game national triple header on Saturday. Yeah, not to mention Friday night. Would be on, on Sunday. Yeah, and Friday night. Friday night would be a national, I think, unless they wanted to break it up on Friday, have two games, and Thursday the same way. I mean, however they wanted to work that situation. Um, they they had the doubleheaders on Thursday night, John, right? Correct. In Correct. The so yeah, I mean, you, anything's you have possible. a doubleheader Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget opening Maybe. weekend. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, AP. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say maybe you have the doubleheader on Thursday, which they've done in the past, I believe, and then maybe you have the doubleheader Friday, and then you have the tripleheader, oh, those are all national, 
games on uh, Thursday, Friday, and then triple header Saturday. And then Sunday, you have the double header uh, during the daytime, you know, which would be more regionalized, but the nighttime is national. And then Monday night, you could have another double header if you wanted to. Yeah, which they do opening weekend every year in September. That first Monday night you know. game is two games. It's basically a 7 o'clock Eastern time starter followed by a 10 o'clock West Coast game. Uh, and they only do it basically the one weekend of the year, I believe, which is opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. they could frankly do that Thursday night, Friday night, and, you know, Monday night uh, after an all-day Saturday, all-day, all-night Saturday and Sunday. Um, you throw in some bye weeks and you could be looking at a situation potentially without doing the math of like almost every game being kind of quote national game or just at most two or three occurring in the same window like the Sunday right. one o'clock window or the Sunday 4 p.m. window like we've grown up with and have always been used to. But it's tantalizing yeah. to think about. Uh, I can't imagine anybody who is a football fan not loving that as a replacement if the college football season is postponed, canceled, whatever. AP, it looks like we're going to have, you know, the answer, uh, you know, this week. Uh, It's just kind of incredible, but keep our fingers crossed that, you know, just the right decisions will be made by all. Uh, It's one of the biggest sports decisions of our lifetime, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, John, I've, we've never seen anything like it, and nope. I hope we don't revisit this again. <laughs> I hope so, too, AP. Uh, that's probably our fervent hope for everyone, is that it's a, a one-time decision. Um, but, AP, I want to thank you for calling in. Great show, great expertise. Uh, this, like everything else, we keep saying it, this has been a show like no other, and uh, sure to be a week like no other. But thank you again. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.